Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It is not just for contracting officers. Whether you work for government or industry, if you work anywhere in the federal acquisition world, this podcast gives you a little more context into how the other side thinks. This episode returns to one of our favorite topics on the podcast, communication. Once again, we're talking about how communication or lack of communication can affect acquisition and contract execution outcomes. All right, here we go. Today's topic is a recommendation from a podcast listener slash community member. One of our members, Steve Goldsby, he's been on the podcast. He forwarded an article from Michael Darius. He's the head of contracting activity or the, the senior procurement executive, is another way to say that, at the Coast Guard. And the article was about the impact of ghosting on industry. When, when the government folks ghost on industry, what does that do? Steve suggested it was a great topic for us to expand on, so here we are. Before we get into expanding on ghosts, let's stop and say thanks. (laughs) Thanks this week goes to Patrick Burgess. He's from Blue Star Technologies in Eagle Butte, South Dakota. Blue Star provides information technology and cloud consulting services. I want to thank Patrick specifically for resharing our podcast on LinkedIn. He wrote, and I quote, Fantastic podcast for anyone in the federal acquisition space. The subject matter is pertinent to anyone in the acquisition process, not just contracting officers. Hey, that's kind of what I say at the beginning of the episode. (laughs) Not just for contracting officers. The best way for people to find our podcast is for people like Patrick to like and share it, particularly on LinkedIn. Thanks, Patrick. Okay, back to ghosting. What are we talking about? What is ghosting? The definition of ghosting is, is... the practice of ending a personal relationship with someone by suddenly and without explanation withdrawing from all communication. In other words, going dark, you're disappearing. This is a term that's used in social media. When you unfriend somebody and poof, you're just gone, I guess. That's the idea. You ghosted. The term's used in other contexts as well. We've used it differently on the podcast. I know in the BD world, business development folks often talk about ghosting in a proposal. And in that world, ghosting is when you ghost your competitors. You say sort of negative things about what you think your competitor's approach is or what the incumbent has done in the past if you're not the incumbent. You say it in your proposal, but not specifically, these guys are stupid and their approach is terrible. But you allude to that in ways that the government knows what you're talking about or forms an opinion about this other approach that might be out there. Yeah, it's something like, so everybody used to use the red one, but all the cool people are using this blue one. Well, the guy that makes the red one, you just ghosted him, right? That's that's it in a nutshell. But that's a topic for a different day. That's proposal ghosting, which is a different topic. That's a rabbit hole. I've also used the term ghosting for someone who leaves a party without saying goodbye. Everyone's having a good time looking around. Hey, what happened to Steve? I don't know. He must have ghosted. <laughs> yeah, they just go to bed and don't tell you they're leaving. They just... Didn't come back to the table. We've likely all been ghosted, even in business. We had a plumber that I brought in to to give me a quote on fixing something in our bathroom, and he never called me back. Uh, At the the time, it was difficult to get plumbers, so he ghosted me because apparently I wasn't a big enough project or whatever. But the idea is that he didn't call me back. That's what it feels like to be ghosted. When we're interviewing cleaning service companies for our office, and we pick one, and we don't call the ones that we interviewed that we didn't pick. We didn't call them back. Well, to them, we ghosted them. They never heard what happened. They never heard what the results were. Or if we're building a 
deck on the back of our house. Once <laughs> which, again, how which many we've done do thousands of times in this podcast. If we get three quotes, what happens? You select one and say, we accept your quote. We'd like you to build this deck. You don't really call the other folks and say, we did not accept your quote. I mean, they figure it out when they don't hear back, but you're ghosting them. And that's common in the commercial world, in your personal life, that ghosting is common. The government has a system that allows for debriefings when there's been an official competition so that the competitors can learn why they lost and do better next time. That doesn't usually happen outside of the government world. Very true. Let's talk about the acquisition time zones and the execution time zones. In this context, we're really talking about the acquisition time zones early in the process, in the requirement zone and the market research zone. Communication should be wide open. If the government is not responding to industry's questions, they could be ghosting. When you get to the RFP zone... That ghosting is kind of on purpose because remember, the RFP zone is after the RFP has been released. So the communication, it's still possible, but it's, it's through an eyedropper. You know, it's a, different, it's a different amount, different volume, different rules. It can only come through the contracting officer, et cetera. So if you feel like you're getting ghosted after the RFP dropped, that's not the same thing. That's, they're, they're not ghosting you to be, to be lazy or mean or blow you off. The, the rules are different. And so understand what we're talking about. The focus of this is when there should be communication happening during the market research zone, during the requirement zone, during the source selection zone, during the performance zone. During the, it, those are the times when there should be communication. And if there's not, that's what real ghosting is. I just want to point out that the RFP zone, it's going to feel like ghosting, but it's supposed to be quiet or during that zone. If you feel like you're being ghosted by the contracting officer in the RFP zone after the final RFP is released, that might not be a good thing. There, there are official channels and the contracting officer owns that official channel for communication, you should get some kind of response, even if it's, I can't answer that or I won't answer that. If you feel like you're being ghosted by the other folks on the government team, that's a good thing. That's the way the system's designed to work. They're not supposed to communicate after the final RP is released because that's how things get dicey. Prior to final RP release, all good. Also, I noticed you dropped the performance zone in there, one of the execution time zones. When you have an active contract and you're in the performance zone, executing that contract, there should be open communication. If the government isn't responding to your questions, that's not a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, that means there's a communication breakdown, which is a whole different problem. Which leads us to why this is so important. Communication and context in that communication are critical to a healthy acquisition. Communication and context from both sides, both government and industry. When ghosting is happening... That means we don't have communication or context, which leads to problems down the road. Let's get specific on the government side. And I'll start with the reason we're doing this podcast, which is the recommendation that we read Mr. Darius's blog post on ghosting. I'm going to read a piece of it, and it's a little long, so hang in with me, but I'm going to quote this because it's important. Mr. Darius writes, and this is from the government perspective, when we ghost on industry... We erode their trust and tarnish our reputation as good government partners. It comes off as self-serving for government contracting professionals to seek information and not offer any feedback in return. I think some of this may come down to a concern about how much interaction the government can and should have with industry during the market research phase. Here's my opinion on that. Communication with industry is absolutely appropriate up until the point of an official RFP release, at which time the opportunity for dialogue 
should still be available, but through a more formal process. There is no harm in talking to individual companies who respond to an RFI to offer them specific feedback about their response and how it may have informed our requirements. In fact, not doing so is the real problem. End quote. And wow, that is straight out of the Contracting Officer podcast manual. <laughs> That's what we preach. <laughs> if there were such a manual. Right, if there was a manual. That's straight what we preach all the time. This is communication and context, and he describes it so well. He even mentions what we just talked about in talking about the acquisition time zones. During the market research phase, the government can and should have a lot of interaction with industry. Once that final RFP is released, there is still an opportunity for dialogue. It's just more controlled. I like what he says because it pulls out a couple of key elements, and and they're fun to, to kind of pick at. One of them he talks about is it comes off as self-serving for government contracting professionals to seek information and not offer any feedback in return. And, and, and you know what? That's true. And I would own that as a contracting officer. That is self-serving. I want input on how to write my RFP. As a contracting officer, I need information on who can do this work. Can it be contracted out? Can people actually do it? How long will it take? How much will it cost? All that stuff, I need to get that information. I need that to do my job, right? To release the RFP and award the eventual contract. So it, it is going to come across as self-serving. Yeah, I don't the, need to provide feedback in order to do my job. At least correct. I don't think so. The point is that it only makes that job easier as, as a contracting officer if I get responses to my RFIs during that market research zone. It turns out that, that if I ghosted industry, they stop responding, not just to my RFI, but to all of them, all the government ones, because they become cynical. They become jaded to the fact that nobody's going to do anything with this. And that runs afoul of, of the overall mission of our podcast of you know, making government contracting better one contract at a time. I actually had program managers and business development people tell me that they didn't want to respond to an RFI because it was a giant waste of time. It goes into a black hole, doesn't affect anything, and they never hear back. And that, and that goes back to the feedback piece is that there are times that I use that RFI response as a critical piece of what we did with the overall acquisition. There are times, and we'll get to that in a few minutes, where I just dumped it in the trash because it was, it was, it was junk <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't deserve to be replied to. So somewhere in between there is reality, but no response at all, not even a general response of we're taking this into consideration. You'll see the results in our draft RFP, something that yes, we got it. We're doing something with it. And that was probably something I didn't do as much of. And when that happens, here I am telling the folks in my group, you need to submit an RFI response. You need to get them focused on our solution, get them familiar with us. And their thought is, eh, I've done that before. Nothing ever comes of it. I never hear back. And they treat it like a useless activity. That is not helpful to the overall acquisition process. The FAR doesn't just reinforce this thought. The FAR flat out says it. In case you thought that we were never going to get to quoting some FAR paragraphs at you. FAR 1.102-2 is performance standards. Subparagraph A4 says, The government must not hesitate to communicate with the commercial sector as early as possible in the acquisition cycle to help the government determine the capabilities available in the commercial marketplace. Get out there and talk right away. That's what it's saying. Subparagraph C1 adds to that by saying, the actions of each member of the team 
must reflect integrity, fairness, and openness. Fairness and openness require open communication among team members, internal and external customers, and the public. I can I can hear the flag waving in the background, but but this is right out of the far. The idea is this is the communication that is supposed to be happening. This is what Darius is talking about, and it's fully spelled out here in the far. So as a contracting officer, when the lawyer says, "Well, you can't tell them about that," or somebody talks about, it, you can't share that information. Lean on this. FAR 1.102-2C1. It says right here, I have to be fair and open through open communication. And if you're ghosting, if you're not giving any feedback to RFI responses, you may not be exhibiting fairness or openness. Let's flip to industry's perception of this. For industry, time matters. I know from the government perspective, if the RFP slips a week or two, or a month or two, the RFP slips a week or two or a month or two, uh, or a year or two. Cynical Kevin, look at that. Sorry. If the RFP <laughs> slips there. and you're on the government side, you deal with it. Probably the world doesn't end. For companies that are depending on that RFP to come out so that they can win new work and keep their people employed or keep their factory open, that slip can be fatal. Time is an unrenewable resource. Industry can't afford to waste it. And to be candid, like we just mentioned, the, the government, you, we, I could, I could delay stuff, right? And that that is a stark difference between how time is perceived. As a contracting officer, I could wait the weekend. I could wait till, till it, this was clear. I could wait till this was perfect to give everybody feedback. And that isn't the case on the industry side. Should you wait until it's perfect? Should you wait for the weekend? Maybe not. But you can usually the, yeah. the the urgency is a little bit different on the government side. It it, it really is. And, and whether or not you should wait, that that's a that's a rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different podcast. We'll talk about. See, there's great topics in here. If, as a contracting officer, the lack of responsiveness from me usually wasn't on purpose. There were things happening on the government side that I wasn't making industry aware of that caused it to feel like ghosting. One of them was overwhelm. Like the number of responses I would get, uh, sometimes it was dozens or I, one, I got almost a hundred. I, I can't reply to a hundred people. I can barely even email back a hundred people and say, yes, I got this, <laughs> let alone give them some actual feedback. So that's kind of a challenge. So focusing on, from the government side, focus on targeting that requirement. If it's too broad or it has too much scope, or you know, sometimes we make these giant contracts with like mega scope to them, you're going to get a, a crap ton <laughs> of RFI responses because it's so broad. If we you can, haven't explained well enough what you're looking for that people can self-eliminate, then you're going to get a lot of people grasping for what do they want? Eh, maybe this. Let's send it in and see what they say. Yeah, and and that, which is frustrating for both sides because that's not what I wanted, so I'm not going to reply. So they feel they just got ghosted, right? The perceived lack of interest can be real. The, the industry's perspective of they don't really care about this can be real. But here's how it happens. Whether it's fair or not, if my perception as a contracting officer is that they mailed in their RFI response, um, I had asked for an armored vehicle, and I got a different type of armored vehicle. I asked, how would you armor this vehicle? And they gave me a different one that wasn't even made by the same company. In other words, they armor stuff. So when you say mailing it in, you're not talking about something arising in the mail. You mean not putting a lot of effort into delivering something specific to the requirement. That's true. Maybe maybe that's not the right phrase. <laughs> but I gotta <laughs> think of dual use with that mail in. 
maybe, maybe they were winging it. Maybe they, in other words, they took their marketing material they had and just mailed it to me. Yep. They didn't customize it. They didn't, they didn't answer my RFI response. So as a result, this again, maybe this sounds harsh, but they didn't put a whole lot of effort into give me the information. So I wasn't going to pull a whole lot of effort into replying to them. So their perception is I got ghosted. I sent them information to how we armored stuff and they didn't reply. Well, I didn't want stuff armored. I want, did it, I wanted this specific vehicle armored. That, that's what I mean by being responsive to, to the actual uh, RFI. Another one is that arguing with the government contracting officer over whether or not it's a fit. Because I don't want to deliver negative information because there's going to be an argument from it, right? So you're saying that government people may not be responsive to every RFI response because they don't want to have to debate up front whether or not that's really what the government wants. Because as soon Correct. as you as soon as you tell somebody in the industry, no, that's that's not what we want. We didn't want you to build something from scratch. We're looking for modifications to existing products. Then you got to hear, but mine's better. We've done this from scratch for a hundred years. This is what you really want. And in service contracts, this was particularly frustrating for me because I was looking for a specialized skill, a specialized training skill. And I would get a lot of companies that were quote unquote staffing companies. And we have an episode called staffing is not just staffing, right? And they say, well, we can find those people. We can find them on Indeed. We'll find those people. But, but I'm looking at companies, I'm getting RFI responses from companies who specialize in finding this skill. You specialize in finding you know, people to do like lots of different stuff. I, I want somebody that they can show me they can find this skill. And it would be an argument because they're saying, well, I'm a professional staffing company. I can find anybody. See, I'm in the argument now. So my, my level of responsiveness, which feels like ghosting, is going to be driven by how much are you going to debate this with me? Easier to just ignore them and go with the three people that have actually done the kind of work that you're talking about before and, and have people that do it. And at the end of the day, my goal is to award a contract, right? So the more time I spend with people I know I'm not going to award to versus people I could award to, the people I'm not going to award to, the people who didn't reply to the RFI effectively, they're going to feel like they got ghosted because they did because I'm not going to spend the time to talk to them, fair or not. Speaking of spending the time to talk, we've spent enough time talking today. Let's wrap this one up. <laughs> I was thinking it's a good time to land the plane. I go back to my Stephen Covey quote, frustration is a result of misaligned expectations. Ghosting, so there are two ways to take this. If the expectation of sending in a untargeted piece of marketing material, if you're calling that an RFI response, your expectation that should not be that you're going to get a detailed response and feedback to that. However, Here's the dark side of this. As a contracting officer, if the perception and expectation of industry is that I'm going to ghost them, that means they're not going to tell me much. That's not good. They're either not <laughs> going to submit anything or they're just going to give you their marketing materials because they don't want to take any effort to create something custom that they're never going to hear anything back about because they don't understand why their response could be important. They don't know which parts of it are important to you. They don't know what you're specifically looking for. So ergo, they go to the marketing package. And they just send you what they got because they don't know what you want. Which means when you release the RFP, if they still don't understand that they can't win, then you're going to get a proposal with a bunch of generic stuff, a bunch of extra things, shooting in the dark, hoping and guessing that they hit the right things to get the award. And then they'll figure out exactly what you need after the award, which means more proposals, longer in the evaluation. And that frustration. It's all bad. It's all bad. Yeah, it's misaligned expectations leads to frustration. There you go. Government folks, take the RFI seriously. The RFIs, they're the building blocks 
for crafting RFPs that lead to good awards, which lead to low maintenance contracts. I mean, that's the goal is a low maintenance, effective contract. And if you start with better communication during the RFI phase, you're going to get lower maintenance contracts in the end. And what's that mean? Mission accomplished, right? We're all here to support the mission. On the industry side, same thing. Take RFIs seriously. If you don't understand what the government is asking in the RFI, call them. Send a note or submit an RFI that says, we don't understand what you're really asking for in this acquisition. Let them know where the inconsistencies are or what's vague so that they can get it tighter. Some companies go so far as to submit recommended RFP language or requirements language or SAL language, kind of maybe not with the RFI, but around the side that they think better describes what the government's trying to buy. And of course, you know, it's slanted towards their product, but it still helps or can help. Don't just send in generic information. Send in specific targeted information. And if you decide not to go after an opportunity because it's not clear what they're buying, tell them. I wish I'd gotten more feedback from industry saying, I'm opting out of this RFP because I don't know how I'm going to win it. If I got 10 of those from industry, that'd be a wake-up call. That would scare me to death as a contracting officer. If if, <laughs> yeah, if, pe if people said, I'm not going to bid because I don't know what you want. Because if that many people or if anyone doesn't know what to bid because they don't understand what you're asking for in the RFP, that means that any proposals you get are likely guessing as well. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 only going to get worse. It's this the, the, what's that rule? The smallest this problem is going to be is today. <laughs> so a problem in the RFI is just going to get bigger <laughs> if we don't use communication to clean it out. And the shortest this podcast is going to be is if we stop right now. Right it's now. only going to get longer if we keep rambling. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. I'll see you, Paul. All right, that's it for today. Great topic. Thanks again to Steve Goldsby for the recommendation. If you have recommendations for topics, send me a note at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com or hit me up on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed the podcast today, we invite you to check out the Skyway community at skywaymember.com. The Skyway community is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, or running a business with government contracts. We speak GovCon. Whether you're brand new to GovCon, just got your first contract, or you're already a successful government contractor, being a Skyway community member gives you the edge. With our extensive tools and training, exclusive member discounts on consulting support, and a supportive and active community of peers to help you along the way, the Skyway community is the perfect place for anyone who is serious about winning new business. To learn more, call 877-884-5280 or check us out at skywaymember.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.